Alex Sukarevsky, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series. Today we're sitting at the CBAM Global Business Symposium on BRICS and beyond. I mean, you indeed did look at the BRICS and beyond and you examined the state of the market and gave a few tips to the people who came here today. First of all, how do you view you should go about business in these emerging markets? I think, first of all, you need to consider the opportunity and see whether this opportunity fits your company, ambitions, portfolio. And later on, see what are the risks and what are the practices running about these countries and see whether this is going to fit with what you believe is right. And on the later stage, once you decide to do investment or operate in emerging markets, I think you need to be serious about it and commit to these places. Indeed, you did have a very serious presentation, but you started by not just talking about challenging markets in the emerging markets, but the fallacies too. What are the fallacies? I think the four major fallacies that we see around, A, it's about the size of the opportunity, that many people don't believe in the emerging market, uh, comparing to the difficulties. Second thing could be around viewing all the bricks as one piece without really getting into the details and understanding what are the differences among these markets as well as things beyond brick. The fourth thing would be basically about uh, what are the challenges and the ability to really understand those challenges and not to compare them to something that we come from the West, as well as view the four last one on the innovation and ability of emerging markets and emerging market entrepreneurs uh, to innovate. And, and presumably you've got to dig down quite deep into those emerging markets and know what's going on. You know, in terms of retail, you've got to know sort of where you're likely to get your returns and in what time scale. It it's very much depends on the country and very much depends on the particular situation or retail format. So I think you couldn't generalize here. But you could definitely see, based on the research from the FMCG companies, that the companies whose most of the portfolio was in emerging market did better on average on the growth momentum versus their peers whose portfolio was mostly focused on existing established mature markets. And so those emerging markets, the next 10 countries after BRICS, you said would drive significant growth. And do you agree? We've heard lots of acronyms today, you know, sort of the N11, you know, which countries and where they're going to be in the league table 10, 20 years' time. But what's your philosophy on this? And what are the next 10 countries and how will they drive that growth? Based on our global research, uh, what we found out that looking forward, it's going to be growth roughly around 4.7 trillion USD into developing economies. Out of them, 70% come from BRICS, 70% of China. And later on, if you think about the next 10, the growth is going to come something like 20% of this amount. And I mean here Poland, Mexico, Turkey, South Korea as the major countries. And then there is Argentina, Indonesia, Thailand, South Africa, Philippines, and Cambodia. And is there plenty of room for growth? You think there is, presumably? Yes, indeed. And many of these countries are just developing, and it's a great opportunity. However, the risks are still there, and you need to find your way to navigate through these risks. And we looked at sort of a case study of Diageo in, in Turkey. Indeed, they work closely with CBAM here at the symposium. But do you think that's a good case study to take, looking at the drinks market and, and, and how Diageo has gone into that in Turkey? Yes, I think it's an interesting case where you look at international investors investing into developing economies, be it TPG before or Diageo later, and really taking thoughtful view on the markets, on challenges and opportunities, 
and going for it. One of the interesting things you said was you looked at Russia and you said it's just beginning to discover things that are already second nature in Brazil. And Brazil did bring its poor up to, to make them, I mean, just tip that 51% balance that are now deemed to be middle class. That was significant. And, and are people learning from looking elsewhere and seeing how they've gone about their growth and almost, if you like, the ethics involved in that growth? Right, right. Because if you look at Brazil today, the difference between Brazil and Russia, that Russian modern trade is around 40%, while Brazil it's already 70 while local players buy in some parts of multinationals are considering. And you see completely different dynamics there. The first parties are already there supplying. Consumers are more sophisticated. Competition is more sophisticated. So you are not talking about basic. You are talking about how to compete and create distinctive value proposition for your shops. Now, one of the interesting things you you looked at was you said supply chain management, but also the structure, the people employed in in these companies. And we had that lovely little diagram of everybody in a blue overall and and all with a job title, but actually the business wasn't competitive. Uh, do clients, when they come to you, need to know about how to, if you like, shape a business, the shape of the organization, and when it tips into profitability? I think it's extremely important what you could see from our research when one of the major concerns across the market was the talent and the ability to get this talent trained and retain the talent. And I think that's the way, if we look across the company, one of the key success factors. And companies definitely need to pay attention to the, uh, this dimension of their business and really focus the effort to get best and the brightest. I think the case was talking about it. The, they were strong to local management team that ready to drive business going forward. Yes, because you've got to keep those overhead down, but at the same time, um, you're working within perhaps local authorities, within regional, national structures that have different patterns of behaviour, poor promotion, planning, management, expensive labour due to low productivity and skills, all the things that, that actually an industrial country has to go through en route to industrialization and, and becoming what we used to term a first world country. Right. But you see these things are developing. I think this is what's interesting. That's why if you look at Brazil today or Russia 10 years ago, you see a significant difference in what used to be in the past. And it suggests a progress, also suggests an opportunity to be part of this progress and shape the industry, although it could not be always easy. And do you think we're going to find that people are going to innovate and find new ways of, of running businesses? Um, you know, we've talked about virtual teams. You don't have to have a labor force. You can tap into a labor force, get your creative talent from anywhere in the world. I think it's a very interesting dimension, especially because in many emerging markets, businesses were created by entrepreneurs who are extremely creative and thinking out of the box. And therefore, you could really see a lot of innovation, be it on traditional things and be it in the new reality of uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And you said you ended by just giving us some tips to keep in our our minds as we kind of lead our companies to venture into the emerging markets or to do better within them. But one was the emerging markets are worth the effort, Uh, divide, brick, and conquer, people make or break a campaign, and follow local innovations and consider exporting them. You've got to have a bit of a brave heart. Uh, yes and no, because the opportunity is big and you are not the only one. And you see a lot of multinationals getting into this market and doing business as well as successful local players. So it's about really seeing whether this thing fits with your strategy and ambitions and trying to do it. 
Um, but, but it does take a brave heart. We've talked about all those acronyms, you know, BRICS and, and, and then the sort of N11s. And it's complex, this global world, isn't it? And Diageo has spread itself uh, around the globe and, it, you know, is focusing on Turkey here today. But, but gosh, you've got to understand a lot of, about the trends and where things are headed. Right. It's about being serious about the opportunities you pick and then being serious about your engagement rather. However, this global world, on the other hand, also hedges your risks and allows you to hedge your portfolio, be it product and the country, and being more successful and stable of the company if you uh, pick your portfolio in the right way. And so it's hedging your bets, that's what you say? Yes, and being serious about the bets that you made. And bringing people here to get today at CBAM, the symposium, all the different markets that we've explored and looked at and, and trends, that's important too. You've got to keep up with the knowledge. Right, right. You need to look at the people, talk to people, be local in the places where you operate to really understand what's going on there on the surface and beyond the surface. And so if I gave you £20 and said, take it to the bookmakers and place a bet for the next 20 years, where would you, you invest your money? I'm not into the batting business, therefore we do analysis and very much depends on your investment profile. Alex Sukarevsky, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today here at the CBAM Global Business Symposium on Bricks and Beyond. Thank you very much. Pleasure for uh, being here and thank you for inviting me.